Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Well, here we are, our very first podcast. Yeah, season one, episode one. Oh, I like that, season one. That means there's going to be a season two. I, I think so. So you are listening to the very first episode of You're Not Alone with the Richardsons. Yep. I am Chris. And I am Jamie. And if you haven't guessed, we're the Richardsons. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's this is fun. So we, we are starting our very own podcast. And so we want to introduce ourselves, the reason for the podcast, what we're doing, why we're doing it. And so just to give you a little bit of background information, Jamie and I have been married for 24 years, yeah. exactly to the day. Yes, we are recording this on our 24th anniversary. This is this is how we, we roll, big time romantic podcasts. Yes. So we are, uh, we, we've been together for 24 and what, a half years, mm-hmm. and uh, we have three amazing daughters, Yes. We have uh, 21, 19, and 17. Yep, that's how old they are. That's how they, old they are. Currently, uh, well, previously, we were pastors for mm-hmm. 24 years. At Actually, least. Actually, a little bit Probably more. Probably more than that. Yeah, I'd say we've been, I've been, we've been in ministry. I've been in ministry for 26 years, and uh, we were master's commission graduates. Some of you mm-hmm. have no idea Back what that is. 1999. Well, you graduated. I did not. That's right. I you, only did one year of the program. You did two. You were a dropout. You were a Bible school dropout. But we got married. It was uh, all for good reason. I guess that's, that's okay then. Yes. Yeah. We got married in 1999. So I'm originally from Missoula, Montana. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Minnesota and I moved to Missoula when I was 19. Yeah. And you got saved. I did. I got saved like. First week there, not maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was real quick. She, uh, both of us were in the same church. I actually got saved a couple years earlier. Mm -hmm. And right after high school, I felt like the Lord was calling me into ministry. And so went straight into our first ministry school training program Mm -hmm. and uh, I was really excited when Jamie first got saved I thought she was beautiful I was with somebody else though you were dating somebody else at the time so you weren't on my radar yeah I mean I remember you were a good-looking guy oh absolutely still am still am and uh, I remember when she came I actually tried to get one of my friends to ask you out yeah you did which was funny he never did and um uh, the other person that I was with didn't last much longer. Not your fault. Just kind of the way the Lord kind of worked things God worked out. worked it out. And it was just one of those things that uh, we were working in the kitchen together. And the, the, the lighting of the kitchen just lit you up in a whole new <laughs> way. And uh, I'm like, whoa. We became really good friends first, though. I still but said yes, whoa one a day, lot. Yeah. yeah, you probably did. It was in December of that school year yeah. that we. Yeah. Then I think we went. We went on our first date, You've which got we mail. weren't supposed no. to be dating. There was, there was no a no date. dating rule in this ministry school. It was the nineties. It was. Everybody it was kissed the, dating it, goodbye yep, and, yep. and stuff like that. But and we so. went to a movie. You got mail with yeah. Meg Ryan and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if I go to a chick flick, you know there's a very good reason why. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe tonight, movie night. We'll have oh, to watch You've we'll Got Mail. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix or and so whatever we got. We, uh, I, I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I'd say like like working in the kitchen together, just something just happened and just clicked. And uh, I knew that she was a person I was going to marry. And uh, I somehow scraped up, not much money, but I scraped up some money and went and bought the ring not even three months later. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty quick. When you know, you know. We, you know, we weren't messing around. We were engaged by May. Yes, yeah, so that you graduated, and like the next day, no, the night, the no, day, but, that, wasn't no, 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 no. It? you oh. graduated, and then some f- friends of ours got married the next day. Yeah. Yes, and then that evening, you were like videographing. You were like videography. You were a videographer. <laughs> you had set up the video camera oh, on the stage, yeah. and so we had to go after the reception. We had to go back to the church to take the equipment down and put it all away because, of course, church would be happening the next day. So we had to make sure we cleaned all that up and put away. So we went back to the church, and you were That's walking. as romantic as I get, is you, that I wanted to marry you in the place where I first saw you. Yeah, so anyway, just the little detail yeah. that's sweet chris yeah. walked up onto the stage or he was heading that way and i was just following him to help out with whatever and he stops at the stairs at the you know altar and he i was going to keep walking up the stairs and he grabbed my hand and got down on one knee and he proposed right there and that's Do you remember the, your first words It okay. wasn't yes, if you're wondering. The it wasn't look yes. of the ring was way bigger than I thought he could ever afford. So I, he, he said, I don't remember this detail. No, the but first words were, is that real? <laughs> is it real? And still to this day, we don't know. But it looks very real. Anyway, <laughs> I still have the same <laughs> wedding ring. Yeah, yeah. Not me. I not lost Chris. My, nope. you've, you've lost a couple of them. Right, let's not talk about that. One was in it skiing. Yeah. Okay. And the second, I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, I'm it's on, okay. I'm on number four now, but it's that's all right. all right. So anyways, I'm sure that's what everybody came here to listen well, to. Well, I think it's sweet. I, I like hearing those sweet. details when people yeah. tell their stories. So. Yeah, and so right after that, we jumped into ministry pretty quick. Yeah, you got I, your first part time. Part time, I was position. making like a hundred bucks a week, whether I needed it 125. or not. One twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, we and had, you had a suite. Uh, the cabin in the cabin. woods. <laughs> <laughs> a board member um, had this cabin on their property. It was basically a loft. Like yeah, it, it was. I think it was ten by twelve. It, like I could sit in the living room and reach into the kitchen and 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 cook. Yeah, it was big enough for your love seat and chair That's that it. your mom had given yeah. you. And then it had like a little kitchenette in the same room. And then there was some like a ladder. It was type a ladder, hundred percent ladder. You talk like about a having big to ladder. get up in the middle of the night but and go potty. It, yeah, it was basically big enough Sketchy. in the loft for a full size bed and a um I think we had a dresser. A dresser. That That's was it. it. And then there was a, you know, half bath, like a shower yeah. bathroom. That, that was our humble beginnings. We lasted yes. all of six months. It was I don't not even, even think that it was five six. months. I think it was five months. Yeah. We you know, we we came out of master you know, we came out of this master's commission. We were in a big church, had really big dreams, really big ideas, and we got into a very small church and just didn't understand what it was like to be in a small church. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, we don't want to share no. all those juicy t- details yet. No. But yeah, so we've been in ministry. Well, we, we spent 13 years as, well, I'd say we, solid 11 years as youth pastors. Yeah. And then we, we did a couple, about two years, I, the, the church we were in, um, we 
kind of stepped into a associate pastor mm-hmm. slash youth pastor role. And then we spent, what is another 13 years? No. no. Well, 11. 11 years. No. We've been senior pastors. I can't do math. It's okay. We 13. Sp- it was 13. It was. See, I was correct. See, and so we spent another couple years as uh, as uh, uh, senior pastors. Yep. And then, and then uh, a year ago, we stepped down from our last position. And again, we will get into that story later. Oh, that's, you're going to want to tune into that. That'll for be. the last year, in August of 2022, we moved to Redding, California. And yeah. we've been here for a year. We have completed one whole year of BSSM, which stands for Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And it's been super, super good for us. It's been a great place of just resting and when people ask me what 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 is your last what was last year like in bssm and i'm like you know what it's kind of like a root canal well here's the I thing came in it's with a different a experience pain. for yeah. everyone so yeah. just because you hear our story don't, doesn't mean that's what everyone's experience yeah. is but for us we needed a season of healing yeah. rest refreshing and re-equipping um yeah. honestly and honestly it's a school that we've we'd always wanted to go to and we thought oh one day we'll when maybe when we retire we'll we'll go to bssm well life circumstances changed yeah. and here we are and now we're about to do our second year yeah so we're gonna actually get into that whole story yes and uh that'll be a maybe in a couple podcasts from now you'll get to hear that and uh it's it's it, it's gonna be fun yeah yeah but maybe for today let's jump into like the why behind you've had you had this put on your heart to do a podcast for for a little while and so do you want to unpack the reasons why or yeah. how that happened or yeah, why you know, the name I've for a long time I've always wanted to, I've like I've been listening to podcasts you know since you know I had one of the first iPods that came out when Apple came out with podcasting I'm like man that'd be a lot of fun and just as a senior pastor and stuff like that just never had the time and over the summer the Lord just laid down on my heart and said hey I, I, I feel like the Lord's saying I want you to have this outlet I want you to do something creative something fun something you've never done before and that's kind of that's kind of how it started. Then I'm like, Lord, okay, what do I talk about? And, you know, I would say that, that some of the break f- breakthroughs that I've had has been in the areas of vulnerability and just honesty, mm-hmm. of just coming into a place where that's safe. Right. And you don't understand the amount of freedom that you're missing in your life until you come into a place where freedom, vulnerability, and honesty is actually celebrated and part of the culture. For sure. And that's been our last year here. And we just realized that growing up in the church, we, we, you know, we both got saved in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And church was a very different place. And the, the, the core values of the, the denomination and the churches and things that we're in back then was very different. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to shake some of those things that you first are introduced with. Yeah. And so when I started praying, I just had this, I just felt like I had this phrase that kept on repeating in my head was that you're not alone. Yeah. And I like, I even kind of stopped. And I, even with some of the people that are helping me with the podcast, it's, it's kind of the Richardsons and friends. And so you're going to hear from a lot of our friends. Yeah, not people, just us. No, it's not going to be just us. And sometimes it's going to be just me and somebody. Sometimes it might be Jamie and somebody. It might be all of us together. You know, at some point you'll probably get to hear from the whole Richardson yeah that'd here. be fun and uh but this phrase you're not alone just kept on going through my head 
And I'm like, man, we need a cooler name than that. We need something. But really what it came down to is that there were so many times over the last 20 some years of ministry where where I just felt like I was all alone. Mm-hmm. I was all alone in the struggles that I personally was facing. I was all alone as a pastor, not having somebody that I could talk to, not knowing what's normal and not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we, like I said, we kind of came from a time when things were hidden. It's gotten much better. And this is not a slam towards any, any church, any denomination or anything like that. And I'm going to say that most of the thoughts where I needed to keep hidden was actually more that was inside of me than what other people were projecting. Mm-hmm. But I would say as a pastor, most pastors, like we'll be honest enough, but we don't ever want that full transparency. And even as Christians. Yeah, because we're scared of what someone's going to do with that. Yeah, and, and we just, we don't, and like it's not necessarily celebrated. You, you go to some of the, the get-togethers, some of the, the meetings we have, and everybody stands around, and it kind of turns into a, a comparing contest. Like, mm-hmm. well, how many people did you have? Or what's your, you know, what's your vision? What's this yeah. and that? And I don't think people intend to do that, like, but it definitely has that air of performance. Um, and yeah, like keeping up and yeah. the perception of, oh, I feel it. And like you said, when you feel like you're the only one because no one else is talking about it. Yeah. And that's and that's where we want to start exposing, start talking about some of these things that, you know, a lot of this started that we were we were on a retreat with our with our, our group. We're, we're in a school and they break it down into smaller groups. Yeah, they call them revival groups. Yeah, and it's a group of about 60 to 70 people. And each group has its own pastor yeah. and team of leadership yeah. that are overseeing. Which is really neat. Yeah, and we went on this this uh, retreat, and um, we we're we're surrounded by it's a, it's a groups of all ages. It's anywhere from I think the youngest is seventeen, maybe, mm-hmm. and all the way up. They've had people go through the program in their eighties. Yeah. So we're in our in our mid forties, and so we're you know there's not as many of us around, but there's a few. Yeah. So it's mainly eighteen to thirty year olds, right? Um, maybe a little bit younger, average age, and all of a sudden these kids start standing up and start sharing their testimonies and sharing their lives, and Jamie and I are just looking at each other, going, "We were just in shock of the the reality of all that." these people had gone through like and i'm like whoa i never would have imagined but they're sharing things that we've gone through but we've never been willing to necessarily share and then some though oh yeah even darker things yeah. and i was like wow and what people are facing and christians are facing and the things we never hear from the pulpit mm-hmm. you know there was topics and things that i necessarily wouldn't even share back then and now it's like you know what we need to have a church and a people that are just transparent and honesty Mm -hmm. where those are the things that drive us. You know, the Bible says that share your sins one to another that you may be healed. Yeah, because it also brings the truth to light. Like you need to expose, whether it's the lies of the enemy that you've believed or, you know, expose the shameful things that have either happened to you because you were a victim or because you chose to to do those things. Like bringing those truths to light Mm -hmm. is a huge part of the process not keeping it hidden. And of course, we're going to discuss, you know, there's safe ways to do that as well. You don't want to just 
you know, every opportunity, just throw it out there. No, you don't want to be that oversharer that walks around that's, that's, that's saying things that's in inappropriate times. But sure. there is appropriate place yes. to be able to do this in a safe place that'll bring you healing. Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, the purpose of the podcast is not just to air gory details of what we've been through or the hard things that have happened to us and the mistakes we've made, but we, we want to share the powerful transformation that has happened on our journey yeah. of how God has walked us through and um, been ever present and has healed and delivered us and you know all, all the redemptive side of the story we want to include all that and also though it's good to know that we don't have to be fully through the process in order yeah. to tell our stories so do you want to unpack that even a little bit you know and I, I think there, that's where some of the power that power comes from is that when you expose sin especially when you expose sin in your own life there is that accountability mm-hmm. and that you have other people that come alongside of you that help support you that help prop you up and really give you that that guidance that even accountability the mentorship to right. be able to walk through it because if we sit there in our own, we sit in our own mess and thinking, I have to figure out how to get out of my own. And most most time, that's not really what happens, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why we want to use the power of the testimony. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most important things to what we're doing is that you know the revelations. Uh, I think it's twelve eleven. It says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word, by the the word of their testimony. Yeah, they overcame him, meaning the enemy, the, the devil. devil. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's really what it is, is that, that we have the blood of Jesus. That is the mm-hmm. most powerful substance in the universe that cleanses us, that brings us into this amazing relationship to lead us into freedom and power. Yeah. But I'd say just as equally as important is that testimony. Yeah. Is because a testimony, it says, this is where I was, and this is where I, I'm, I'm, I, I am now, and this is where I'm going. Going. Yeah. But when other people see that, it is so inspiring that they want to come to you. They yeah, want to be around it, it's you. It's releasing the ability for God to do it again. Because, yeah, when you hear a testimony, you can grab onto it and say, Yeah, God, do it for me. Like, you can do that. And He can, absolutely. So it releases that over other people who hear your story. Yeah, and like like Jamie was saying, we want to own our story. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's to me is one of the most important parts is owning that, not sugarcoating it, and and not um, not talking about our failures and mistakes. You know, we also don't want to glorify because there are times when you hear people sharing their testimony, and you know, it's almost like they're they're missing those good old days of sin and things like that. It's like you know what we you know there's a process that we've gone through yeah. is that there has been a repentance process and you know there's things that we have looked at our lives especially even things over the last couple of years going i would do that so much differently yeah it's an important thing in the process is taking ownership as a huge part of it um yeah even if it's only 10 percent yours to take ownership in whatever situation you've mm-hmm. gone into you know like that's really crucial and I think that's something that, that, you know, and there is a balance, though. Yeah. You know, and that's with me is that, that a lot of times I will take over, like, I will start feeling like the scum of the earth mm-hmm. and forgetting, like, okay, I have been fearfully, wonderfully made, that I have been created for a destiny and a purpose. Yeah. And it's trying to focus and not being latched on to going to one extreme or the other. Right. Yeah. And let's just be honest. The process is messy. Yeah. And I think, if anything, that's what we, we want we want you to understand yeah is that a lot of times people will say well i was addicted to drugs i was addicted to porn i was addicted to overeating i was addicted to all these different things and then one day i met jesus and everything was fine 
Now, not saying that God can't do that. Yeah, he certainly can do that. But generally, there's a process. Yes, and there's, you know, there's a fight to get free, and there's a fight to stay free for a lot of us. And so there's that's part of the process as well. Like, not to expect a... You, you know, you can ex- have expectancy, but don't 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 be expecting it to look a certain way or it's mm-hmm. not successful. Like God has each of us uniquely on a journey. And so and I and I kind of look at it as thinking about this today. It's kind of like if you had a, a sliver, like a really nasty thorn that went into your flesh and it's causing you pain. It's there's infection. There's all these things. And you go in and you pull that out. You remove that. You remove all the junk that there is still going to be a process of rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not going to be now again, Jesus can heal, but generally there's a process of the restoration of that wound and things like that. And that's what, that's kind of how God works. He works through the immediate supernatural, but he also works through process. Yeah, Cause he's strengthening us in that process. He's growing us. He's maturing us through those processes and preparing us for what's next. Right. And so, Yeah. yeah, I hope those are inspirational for for others to know why it's important for them to tell their story and get the grace and that they need to be able to tell their story. Like that's how, that's why we want to do that. Well, and a lot of times what you've gone through is really what you're called to. Yeah. Is that God is, he, he's not going to put you in a place where you have generally, he's not going to put you into a place of like, if you've never been an alcoholic, you're probably not going to run an alcoholic anonymous or you're not going to run a freedom type, type ministry. Sure. It's not to limit God. I mean, that stuff does happen, but you have way more authority when you've yeah. gone through and overcome something. There's just, that's just a part of God's process. We have authority when we have overcome something. And so, yeah, that's huge. And so, yeah, you're going to have a great impact in those spheres of influence with people. Yeah, and we, we just can't be afraid to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be afraid of what other people are going to think. So, yeah, why do you think people are afraid to tell their stories? Uh, you know, I guess I could answer for me is that sometimes I didn't want people to know some of the things that, that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's it's sometimes it's it's a pride thing. Right. Like, especially as being a pastor and a minister, it's like, oh, if they knew that I struggled with this, that they I would lose all credibility. I'd lose all authority. And, yeah. and people would just, you know, fear of, of people leaving. Right. You know, I think that's really kind of a huge thing. It was for me. I think there's that that fear of man. Yeah. And some people, yeah, don't accept the fact that leaders are humans just like them. Some people put leaders on such a pedestal that as soon as they make any mistake, even a little minor thing to them, you know, this can be different for everybody. But for sure, they can have this expectation that they don't accept any humanness that they that leaders struggle with the same things as anybody else even jesus was tempted in every way now he is perfect and you know but like we have to offer grace to those around us no matter who they are obviously there's a higher standard for leaders for sure but it's not going to be perfect well paul says that paul had a thorn in the flesh we don't know what that was we don't know what he struggled with he never says and you know i guess we don't need to know but we do know that he spent, you know, there's three separate times that he prayed to be released from that thorn. And God said, my grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of times we limit the power of God's grace even, thinking, well, that grace is for somebody else. Right. Or we get into this mode of performance. Yeah, and Paul didn't deny all the horrible things he once did before meeting Jesus, right? We just heard a great message by Havilah Cunnington yesterday about that. That was really powerful on grace and and so yeah we do, we have to own our story we're not going to deny what what Jesus 
did in our life. Like that is so powerful of how he can totally transform where we once were to where we are now. And now we get to release that over others. And so what are some other ways? I know, I know for me, I can say, um, you know, when we first got saved and then being feeling called into the ministry, I know for myself, I can say that there, I felt an instant pressure, whether that was from people expecting that or just, it was probably more so me of feeling like I had to live up to a certain standard, even though I didn't know. I, I mean, I was such a new Christian. I didn't, did not know everything biblically or, you know, theologically in our denomination and different things. And it was like, I, I almost fell into this. I, I not almost, I did. I fell into this temptation. Like I've got to pretend I know it all or just keep quiet about certain things that I don't, you know, that I'm not sure about that I'm feeling insecure about. Um, and so you, you enter into this performance mode and hiding the reality of what you're struggling with because you feel like you've got to, oh, I've got to have it all together because yeah. now I'm a pastor's wife or now I'm a pastor and now I'm this and that. And so, yeah. It stops you from asking questions that you need to be able to grow and to move. You know, when that insecurity comes in, you know, we, we don't ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a power in being able to ask the right question. And especially when you start comparing yourself, you know, comparison, I think, is one of the, the, the main things that keep because I don't want to open my mouth and sound like I don't know what I'm talking about right. or that to, to be able to verbalize that I'm struggling in some sort of way. Mm hmm. So what do you think some reasons are then that people get stuck? We unpacked why they might be afraid to tell their story, but let's say that they, they really want to tell their story, but that, yeah, they're just stuck and don't know where to begin or how do we get there? You know, I, I think, and again, I'm just going to go back for me is that I just didn't know. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. For sure. And you're afraid to ask that question or to, to, to be vulnerable to somebody, um, you know, comes back to that fear of man thing. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times people know what they should do, but they don't know how to take the first step. Like, say, let's say you really need counseling or, you know, there's so many different yeah. therapies and different things available today, which is such a blessing. But sometimes we don't know, you know, how do we pick which one or which counselor do I go to? Or, or maybe, you know, and you just you're scared to death to take the first step by making the appointment and reaching out, right? Or some people just do try it. Like, I, I'm going to be a huge advocate for counseling because mm -hmm. it's made a huge difference in my for life. For sure. But it's going to be the right counselor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe you had a bad experience with one, and now you're like, oh, counseling didn't work for me. Well, maybe yeah. you really need to just find a better one for you. Yeah. Because one, there's not a one-size-fits-all, I don't think. Like, different personalities are going to work with different people sometimes or different, different types types of counseling you know they have different different ways um that they do that and so yeah you got to find one that works great for you and don't be afraid don't be don't be afraid to try a different one yeah and i think another thing that really keeps us locked up is just shame yeah you know, like it, it could just it can it can paralyze you mm -hmm. into moving and that you you feel like you're the only one that nobody else struggles with this and there's just something you're dirty you're wrong there's there's no hope or there's like you got you and Jesus and this was something that 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 I struggled with I'm like you know what Jesus is enough Jesus is the creator of the universe he's he's the all powerful one all the all, all knowing one and if I am just a better christian 
if I just read my Bible more, I spend more time praying, I'm going to be able to overcome anything that happens to me in my life. Now, there is a thread of truth in that, and for some people, maybe, but you know, this is coming from 20-some years of ministry experience, is that the people that I've seen that have gotten breakthrough, very rarely have they ever, has it ever been just them and Jesus that have gotten the breakthrough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because God created us for community, not not just relationship with Him, but He also designed us to be in relationship with others. Like, people get really weird when they do not have re- healthy community around them, right? Like if we're left to ourselves and I mean, people do all kinds of crazy stuff in the name of what God told me. (laughs) They have no accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, because you're kind of hitting on the next thing that we should point out is, you know, like even bad doctrine. Like some people fall under some really weird doctrine or, you know, you might even find yourself in a denomination or a specific church where the leadership, they might teach that, oh, all you need to do is pray more, do this more, do that, you know, just you and Jesus, whatever. Um, You know, let me say, try that first. That's where you start. Sure. But if you're still in a pattern where you're struggling, you know, I'd kind of ask you if you're one of those in the camp, just me and Jesus and just the Bible, like, how's that working out for you? Right. It's good to evaluate. Yeah. And, it, and it may be something that works, but it's going to take a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you that's, that there are some things that just are kind of like a shortcut. It's going to give you the tools because a lot of times we just don't have the tools. Yeah. Because, yeah, with the right people helping us, the right trusted people helping us that are safe, that will just make things go so much faster. And again, it brings truth to light way faster because you're you're inviting other healthy people in to help see what you can't see. You know, and I, I remember a few years ago, we were back in the, we were back in Michigan and we had a pastor's get, get together and one of the guys got up and he's talking about this very thing. Like counseling is what, you know, the, you need help. You know, every pastor should go to counseling and, and stuff like that. And I remember sitting there going, yeah, maybe that's for you because you're, you're weak or something like that. You know, there's this time where we kind of think, you know, it's, it's kind of a pride thing that kind of comes up. But I think also is that, you know, there was this mindset of, oh, well, if you need counseling, you must be in really rough shape. Yeah. Which really, counseling is a healthy preventative thing as well, like to, to check in. Like to me, I respect people more when I know mm-hmm. that they have a counselor and they check in when they when they know they, they're stuck or, you know, whatever. And so, yes, so for our marriages, for our just our personal selves, you know, and there's coaching and different, all sorts of different things available for us to get healthy, um, healthily connected to outside resources that can help us. Yeah, and it kind of depends on who you hang out with, yeah. who you're spending your time with, and who you surround yourself with. Because sometimes we just surround ourselves with really unhealthy people. Oh, for sure. And misery loves company. Yep. And uh, so you, you kind of have to evaluate that. Yeah, like how are these relationships affecting me? Am I am I this way with this person and this way with another person? Like evaluate that. Like who who's better for you? And you may be just surrounded with a whole bunch of people that aren't good for you and you need a total overhaul. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, our family is our family and we've got to delicately, you can't just throw people out unless they're, you know, super toxic and abusive or, you know, that's another story. But so many times, I think today in this day and age, people want to throw everybody that's, we don't just they get to don't cancel like, them. <laughs> you can't just no throw everybody console. out of your life. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I think there's a balance of, of who has input, you know, because yes. they're like if you are stuck in, in an area cycle of depression and relational strife and challenges and, and problems is that it may be the people that you may be in codependent relationships. That's there's true, all yeah. these other things that, that can be a, a factor in this. And it's it's stepping back and just going, okay, who is good for me? Who brings peace? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, peace is not the absence of strife, but or it's conflict. being able to walk through it or, or conflict. Yeah, right. And so it's being able to walk through these things in, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one more th- like for us, like we realized that okay, we are not in a healthy place. You know. Um, you'll you'll hear more about this but we resigned our church it wasn't because of moral failure or anything like that no we we, hit, we, d- we quit we decided to stop we we hit a wall mm-hmm. where we're like you know what we are not healthy and it is not better it is not going to be good for us the situation was not healthy for no. us either so no. it wasn't just a us factor it was the whole situation was just yeah. And so we, we made a decision, and this is what's hard for a lot of people, is that we made a pretty radical decision that not a lot of people were, is that we decided, look, we're going to put our, if you want to call it a career, but we're going to put our ministry on hold. We're mm-hmm. going to put our job on hold. We're going to leave the place that we desperately love. We love Montana. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to sell everything that doesn't fit into a U-Haul. And selling our house that yeah. we loved and worked so hard to be able to save and to move into that house. But that's part of our story as well that we'll get into yeah. for you to understand better. But, but yeah, s- sometimes we allow the things that we're looking around, the physical comforts, the, the things that we've worked for, the things that we've built to, to trap us into being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And for us, we realize that and we're like, you know what? And, and this is not for everybody. I'm not advocating everybody sell everything they own and run no, off to ministry school. No, but I think every, everyone has to evaluate. Like th- it will cost you to choose health and to pursue getting to going getting to the place where god can put you on the right path forward otherwise you're going to stay in these cycles of feeling hopeless and like there's no way out or like oh well see look the the richardsons could do this and to order to do that but i i have this and i can't and i'm stuck and there's no way out like that's that's hopelessness like Mm -hmm. everyone's journey is going to look different but yeah so don't compare yours to ours but, you know, have hope that God has a way out for you. Actually, he has a way forward through it for you, not just a way out to hit the yeah. escape. Like Because so many times we're looking for that eject yes, button. Yes, for sure. You know, the magic Jesus vending machine where if I put enough quarters in, I put enough prayers in, and I push the right button, I get what I need. Right. And that's just not, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. No. And so it's been able to, to be able to walk through that. And so for us, we, we needed that, that change of location. We needed that change of function of, and vision. Yeah. And so speaking of that, that felt like a failure, though, for us. Like, because, oh, listen, we hear, especially in the Christian world, like, oh, failure, don't quit, don't you know, don't give up, never give up, let it keep going, keep pushing, let it, you know, and that's the way we were for 23 years of our marriage. Like we will push through, we will outlast everyone. We will, we are not giving up. Like, and so we, I mean, so why don't you tell us how that felt in that season of laying that down? How did that feel? Well, like you said, we were definitely that failure is not an option. And really, it, towards the end of that season, I just started to realize, like, I don't have what it takes 
to to keep going forward and to for me to even to admit that and for me to finally on that day just say okay lord i'm done the grace is not here for me to do that but instead of understanding that god chooses god offers us options and sometimes he opens doors and sometimes he closes doors Mm -hmm. and he closed that door i think he closed the door before we even got to the point we just finally got tired of pushing and trying to knock it open and and keep going right because sometimes you know the grace is lifted and we kept keep pushing forward in the name of i'm not quitting (laughs) no and you know and 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 in that process you end up hurting yourselves you end up hurting other people instead of just going okay lord i but i remember that day is that i felt like the biggest failure in the world and not even seeing that there was seeing the hand of god in it just going okay lord you gave me a task and i failed and that was just crushing to me mm-hmm. you know our whole lives we we had wanted to be and my whole life i wanted to be back in missoula you know from the day i got saved i wanted to to pastor a church mm-hmm. and i was holding on to something the lord said okay there was a season for that yeah because sometimes we think that oh this is what i'm called to do and this is what i'm called to do for the rest of my life i mean that was similar to what we thought we thought we would be at that church or, or in that community for the long haul. And then it turned out different than we thought. And we're like, wow, we failed yeah. because we thought it was going to look like this. And mm-hmm. so that's where I'm saying like, it's good to have expectancy, but don't, don't be, exp- don't let your expectations be that it has to look just like this for it to be successful because often it's not going to look exactly how you thought it was going to look like. No, and that's and and that's a point of honesty and humility that is sometimes when when you get to the end of that, when you've created something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like and when you thought God, oh, God told me this. Yeah, that's a reality too of a growing thing. Like you can feel like God told you something. There's nothing wrong with that. You should follow. You should learn to hear and follow God's voice. We can hear God's voice, but sometimes we miss details. Mm-hmm. And also we're surrounded by people who are have a free will to do what they're going to do. Like we can't yeah. control what other people are going to do in this situation either. So there's so many factors that can can shift something and then, mm-hmm. oh, that's not what we thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah, and I think that's another great reason what keeps us stuck is that we continue to follow our own plans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord may have given us, said, hey, go go do this. And then the grace lifts and we keep trying to do it. Right. And it just doesn't work out. But it's like we get so wired into, like, this is my job. This is what I have to yeah. do. And it's easy to get your eyes off of Jesus mm-hmm. in the entire process. So, Yeah. So we don't want to let failure dictate our future, right? We don't want our past mistakes. We don't want to look look at them as total failures. Like the, it's just part of the learning process and the journey. I think the important thing is to 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 be humble through it, humble ourselves through yeah. it. It can be very humiliating, but the important thing is that we are pliable and shapeable and we take ownership of what's ours and we we learn from it, right? Yeah, what do you do with your failure? Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, 
I, I think, you know, Edison, you know, I just found out a million ways how not to make a light bulb. Right. And sometimes we could just sit there and just go, okay, my failures, my mistakes have disqualified me from ever ministering again or ever doing this again. And that really is a lie from the enemy. It is, because our, pa- our past does not dictate our future. No, I, I think really, and again, I, I don't want to be so reflective, like like so self-introspective that I sit here and introspect myself into depression, and that's what I was doing. Right. Is that I, was, I, I, I actually made a list of everything that I did wrong over, over the six years. And, and so in reality, what you were doing, though, to that extreme, you're starting to take ownership of things that weren't yours to take ownership oh, of. And we, that's not healthy to do either. That's the other extreme. No, because I, I was sitting there and, and I allowed the enemy to come in and point out every single little thing that had ever happened. Yeah, he's the accuser. A hundred percent. And if you start listening to that voice, if you start listening to those words, that is going to bring you into a place of frustration, depression, uh, depression, all these other things just come out because that's he, he's a father of lies and that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And, you know, so again, going back to the purpose of this podcast is that we want to unpack we want to unpack people's failures to a certain extent, but we want to showcase, we want to show what happens when you are on the other side of things. Yeah, and the process of inviting God into your story, embracing what He has for you, the healing He has for you, and just, you know, what what does that look like, Lord? Like, what not that you caused the situation and the pain and the difficult things, the circumstances we went through, but you are good. And what, what good are you turning this to? How are you going to turn this for my good? And then it's just amazing when you, you just watch, you're willing to sit back, not sit back. You're part, you're an active participant in the process for sure. It's not just, Oh God, fix everything. And, make it good again like he is right with you you carry him inside of you and so Mm -hmm. it's just amazing to watch the transformation that he is going to do and so yeah so we're going to invite like you said we're going to invite different friends in different different leaders in and we're going to interview them and and we'll hear their stories too and so that's it's not just going to be us but yeah we're going to be vulnerable with you of what we've went through it's really important. So in closing, if you were to talk to someone who's struggling and in the, listening to this podcast today, what would you say to them? You know, I maybe would break it down to what would I need to hear? What would I want to hear? You know, a couple of years ago was some of the lowest times of my life. And, you know, I think I want you to understand that God's not done with you. Yeah. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you that there's nothing and you've heard it a million times that the that there's nothing that you could ever do to escape his love but it's so true mm-hmm. is that he's actually going to use these things that you're going through these things that that the enemy meant to kill you with that he is actually going to use these things to strengthen you to encourage you and he's going to use them to encourage other people mm-hmm. and i'm going to tell you be honest be vulnerable Find somebody that you can trust and talk to them. And if it doesn't go well, find somebody else. Yeah. You know, find that person that you could just be honest. First, be honest with yourself. Take a good look and, and, and say, you know, even asking the Lord, Lord, what do you think about me? But let me just tell you, sometimes you'll hear negative things. But can I tell you, a good dad will never tell you the, just the negative. 
he'll never tell you the things that you're just doing wrong. Yeah, that's a good way to distinguish what's God's voice and either yourself or the enemy. Like, God is going to speak life over you. He's going to speak and he's going to encourage you. He's going to uplift you. He's going to exhort you. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you the good things because he's a really good dad. Mm -hmm. You know? Go back. Remember your first love. Remember why you remember that time when you accepted him, when you're at the altar in a quiet place or wherever you're at. Remember why you got into this, that, that, that love that you felt, that intimacy that you were missing. Go back to that place and find him because a lot of times you've just you've misplaced that you've put works you've put put all these other things in front of serving God you put serving God in front of serving right God. loving God we need to love God and let him love us most importantly and if you don't feel loved by God then it's not the voice of God that you're hearing yeah because before anything else God is love and he loves you and he has a plan for you so good well yeah we love you guys and we hope that you'll join us on the rest of this journey tune in for the rest of the episodes and you get to hear all the details all right well goodbye for now we'll see you later bye hey thanks for listening to our podcast please like subscribe and share with your friends and follow us on social media and never forget you're not alone